Hello and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Protocol Podcast. This is your host, Bariston Bike, coffee educator and consultant. Um, this is going to be the last episode of the first season of Coffee Protocol Podcast. It has been fun to do so many episodes and I'm looking forward to doing a lot more in the second season. But I thought this would be a good time for me to end the first season so that I can start the second season. I know it sounds stupid, but well, I just always wanted to do something that has uh, the, that had more than one season. So that is kind of a like a personal thought that I wanted to do it anyway. So this is the opportunity I'm doing it. Season one ends. Season two starts uh, soon. I've already. Uh, done some recording for season two hence one of the other reasons i wanted to do, do a q a session was so that if you guys have any questions uh, it would have been um, my honor to answer them and i've got some really incredible questions and i'm looking forward to answering them apart from that there is a lot more uh, other things happening around <clears throat> if you guys have been following me you would know that I am still working on the movie C for Coffee, which is India's first documentary on the specialty coffee scene. Um, we just got a second cut done. We are now at the stage where we want to make those final changes. Um, I've just finished writing the script down for the voiceover. So yeah, a lot of things happening, a lot of things um, I'm getting to know and getting to learn right now. Um, it's it's all just just on a very 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 interesting stage right now. I'm also at a stage where I'm now starting to um, look for sponsorship. We could get something and the and the partner get something out of it as well. So we just on that stage right now, and soon we might uh, be putting up. Uh, more details on it out soon. I really want to share the trailer with all of you guys, but I cannot because my editor thinks that I'm stupid and I'm just going to share it and um, that's going to be a blunder. So yeah, it is uh, just out. Uh, only a few people have seen that. I'm just really looking forward to sharing that trailer with you and obviously the movie later on. Um, just fingers crossed for that. Um, trying to do everything that I can. Second season, as I said, of podcast is on um, the roll. I have recorded, I think, five or six episodes so far and have a lot of good stuff. Trust me, it is a lot of good stuff. Um, also, working on a couple of other projects here, working on a project with Trip Machine, uh, as I said last time. We are working on making a new version of the motorcycle cafe. So we are setting up the cafe on top of a motorcycle and we are tweaking and getting the things up a notch this time and soon to be uh, opening up our first cafe uh, in, in the Delhi and CR area and uh, so that's happening with the work related to coffees for sure like trying to do some experiments around coffee and uh, want to see if, how I can document and how I can show that I'm not sure if YouTube is going to be uh, the answer for it but Let's see that. So a lot of things happening. Uh, now let's get back to the Q&A. I have those questions ready in front of me and I'm going to start it now.
tell us something about how to open a specialty cafe. The best coffee that I ever had. Uh... There can be a specialty coffee house without any espresso machine. This is from underscore 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 so underscore 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 na underscore underscore underscore. Okay, so so the first question um, that I have here is by Coffee by Mohan Pyare. Uh, he asked me, do you think an ibric is a very good brewing method as coffee and water always stays together? Well, why not? I mean, does it taste good? If it tastes good, then I think it's not at all a bad method, right? But um, the same thing happens with French press. I mean, it stays together. Uh, yeah, the brick, uh, the change is that the coffee is heated or heating along with the water. But I think the same thing happens in a few other things. Like, for example, in siphon, the water is then getting to the coffee. Heated water is getting to the coffee and then that's when we remove the heat. Um, so, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the brick. Uh, as far as it's made correctly, I think it tastes really nice. And normally it is served with a bit of sugar, uh, some kind of a spice. And I think that adds a really interesting dimension to it. Okay, so the next question is, should we decolonize coffee? If yes, how should Indians go about it? Well, it's a very interesting question. Um, I mean, the start of it is quite, quite, quite old. Uh, if you're somebody who is interested in history, there are so many things that you can read up especially uh, the book by Jonathan Morris. It's all about the history of coffee and how coffee started colonizing uh, the entire industry, right? Speaking of more recently, I think decolonizing coffee uh, was the talk of the town for a while. If you remember, even Aramse Coffee had made a video that went on to uh, James Hoffman's video. I think uh, decolonizing coffee... For me, in, in some terms, yes, we should. In some terms, we in some things, I, I'm not sure if can be done or should be done. But for example, a simple thing like a flavor wheel, as how Aramse Coffee had mentioned, there ought to be some kind of different approach taken by other countries where certain things are not available, right? If I tell you that the American or the European red apple tastes like this and then expect that to be understood by somebody staying in India or somebody staying in Vietnam that's kind of challenging so yeah I think we should decolonize it but I think there should be steps to it like for example um, making people aware like for example if you just take the flavor wheel why not take the flavor wheel and have sorry have one common thing and then have local ingredients relate to that taste rather than changing the entire flavor wheel altogether because then you'll end up having a lot of flavor wheels which is the opposite of why it was um, started or intended to start at, at some point. The next question is from Danish Ali Triple Eight. Except the third wave, I don't think any single coffee planter above 40 acres has made money in the last five years. 
uh, I'm not entirely sure if this is correct, but I think it is on the right track um, towards what you're saying. Yes, a lot of people are not able to make money simply because the cost of production is higher than the cost that is availed. Even with specialty coffee, you have to understand specialty coffee is a very, very small market. So if you're talking about all of these special processes and lots that comes out, this is still a very small portion of the entire production or yield that happens even at one farm. So even um, those that are in the third wave of coffee production, even sometimes they are not making a lot of money. So uh, most of these people have to rely on other crops to make money. Okay, so next question is uh, by this enthusiast. Tell us something about how to open a specialty cafe at a place where people are not bothered about origin of the coffee. Well, most of the times if you end up starting something new um, in a place that is relatively different or new, you are going to end up facing this challenge. Now, first of all, you have to understand how you define specialty coffee. Uh, so if you mean specialty coffee in terms of the coffee by itself, then I don't think it should be a problem because people would not care anyway. All you have to care is using the right kind of beans where people have taken care of it. Now, if you're talking about uh, specialty coffee in terms of using all of these brewing techniques, like, I don't know, from French press to V60 to Kalita and Siphon and all of those things, then it could be a little challenging. Uh, but then again, there are a couple of ways to work around it. A, uh, people who come in who have the regular coffee, try to introduce them with something one by one that is closer to the coffee that they're having. Let's say somebody comes in and is having a cappuccino or latte, let's say latte, a very, very hot latte every time with two or three spoons of sugar. Then probably ask them if you can mix in the sugar for them. You know, so start with three sugars or two sugars, whatever that person is having. Then probably after a week or so, from three go to two and a half or two, then slowly after a week from two go to one and a half um, or two and then half less and half less and go to a point where you add only just one sugar or even less than that. Now, I know that is a lot of patience, but that is the correct way of trying to change somebody's taste perception. So as, as, as you are reducing the sugar, we are also trying to increase that sweetness with the steamed textured milk. So this is something that you have to do simultaneously so that that person understands it's not just the sugar that is making it sweet, it's also the milk and the milk texture that is making it sweet. Yeah, it, it is going to be uh, how you market uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing to have but you can just market in a nicer way like what these different brewing equipments does to coffee and uh, what kind of taste to expect and all of those things. What is the next question is from a planter. What is the best coffee you've ever had? The best coffee that I have had, uh, man, it's, it's difficult for me to answer right now, but um, off the top of my head, I think one of the really good coffees that I've had was in in Vienna, this is, this is the same um, story that I keep telling anybody who asks me this. 
uh, at one of my old relatives place she had a very nice old really old kitchen where it was powered by the the wood and not gas stuff and she had made a cup of coffee for me black that container like i think the doctor had asked her not to drink a lot of coffee for some reason uh, some health reason and she had not opened that one particular bottle of coffee for a very long time until i had come there and i remember when she opened the the bottle and i could smell like a lot of spices in it like cinnamon and cloves and what not and um, that coffee uh, she told me the entire story of how the spices came into that and this is something they have been doing for like ages and ages and i think that was one of the pure most beautiful coffees uh, that i have had in that setting with that story um, everything together okay next question what are your thoughts on fruit fermentation um fruit fermentation is um, i i don't know i mean i'm i'm not i'm not saying it's bad well i'm not saying it, it is like the best thing to do either i think um it is it is an experiment right like you are experimenting with fruits and stuff like that but what i also feel that are we going a little too much um, into one direction now see coffee is uh, is an organic it's a natural uh, product by itself it's going to be different every time and so is the fruits like fruits are also going to be different every harvest now with fruits added into this coffee uh, and fermenting and all of those things it's a very complicated thing i mean you might end up with something nice but you might also end up with something that's horribly bad now um, if somebody does uh, know a lot about fermentation and all of those things and is able to do something that is good well then the product could be really nice and you can charge a bomb a premium to the roasters and then the roasters will charge the same thing to the end consumers but the problem if because of i think fruit fermentation has gotten a little trendy um, which is fine i mean there is like trendy things uh, existing in every industry but with fruit fermentation i think there are farmers who who want to do that just because oh people really like for fruit fermentation i want to try it as well so what happens is in that um, entire idea about chasing to do something that the consumer wants there are farmers who are just taking too huge a risk that i don't think they are ready for and sometimes they want to do a huge lot and it does not turn out to be as great as they had expected in their head and then they are left with this huge lot of coffee which nobody is ready to buy and it's it's an entire cycle and then the entire cycle start again and yeah i think with that aspect i personally feel that you know there's so much you can do with this coffee by itself sure there is always scope of experimentation but yeah i think i think the market should not like the consumer market should not be dictating how the coffee should be done question from dawal people will will people accept if a specialty coffee house opens without any high end machines well i have asked people to open specialty cafes without high end machines and like a depends on what you define as high end machines b there can be a specialty coffee house without any espresso machine 
you don't need an espresso machine to make a specialty coffee house you can have an entire cafe that is based only on manual brew bar and i i mean see there are ways to do things um um that you need to do without going out of your way and i think the possibility is just endless you just need the right person to guide the next question is by akash.hello where was the indian coffee produced going before so many cafes serving well most of the indian coffee produced was being exported um, the last according to few websites which have not updated in a long time uh, in the last 6 7 years that percentage of export has gone down a little and the consumption within the country has increased a little so yeah before so many cafes open we were only exporting next question by uh, santosh uh, anarendran from bangalore where do you see this wave of coffee culture in india in the next 5 years i that sounds like an interesting question i think it is going to be in a very good shape i think um, a lot of new things will start happening in coffee i also feel robusta will come and people will start normalizing robusta as a as a species and an individual crop by itself and would start appreciating it at least i think a coffee would become more accessible to a lot more people and i would also expect or i i feel that it should also be become something that has less barriers yeah so that's what i feel next question is from coke and old monk suggestion for a home barista to get some training in india over a weekend or two there are a uh, couple of places where you can get that uh, in bangalore chennai bombay delhi um there are places available in delhi i know kapi does it and a couple of other people do it as well in bombay i know a couple of freelancers who do that then bangalore there is uh, vimoksha so banki they do uh, the classes under their name i think um, arakul will soon start under their name as well blue tokai does it over bombay um, i think bangalore and delhi as well so yeah wherever you feel comfortable you can go and probably try your hands on it cool the next question uh this is from underscore 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 so underscore 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 na underscore 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 do cafes have to do their own roasting or can they outsource them it is is it cost friendly cafes do not have to do their own roasting unless they are a roastery as well so if you are a roastery and a cafe both together then you can do it but if not Uh, you don't necessarily have to get into roasting you can always get the roasting done from a roaster and get it uh, for your cafe i think this is a better idea sometimes because you get to try so many different roasters than just one particular roast that you are doing and i have not seen i don't know if it's i mean it could be a lot of complicated things including uh, the status the ego the image and everything that if you are a roaster then i have hardly seen a roaster put up coffee in his cafe by other roasters but if you are not a roaster then you know you are not bound uh, that you know you have to use your own stuff only right you can just get coffees from a lot of places and you do not have to take that um, headache of roasting 
maybe you can at some point if you really want to get into it but roasting is a different ball game running cafes is a different ball game so it depends on uh, where you want to go it is it cost friendly definitely it's cost friendly if you are um, getting roasted from somebody else you are not having any capital expenditure you don't need to own a roaster all you need to do is order the roasted coffees and use them um same question from the same person underscore underscore so underscore underscore na underscore 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 i find roasting complicated um, are there skilled people who can appoint as roasters in a cafe uh, roasting um, i i mean it's like it's like coffee brewing right roasting can be as complicated or as simple as you would like to have it there are skilled people who can be appointed as roasters uh, in your cafe if you have a cafe and if you have a roaster you, you want somebody to come and handle that definitely that can be done uh, or if you want somebody uh, to come and just train uh, your existing staff or uh, yourself that can also be done depends on what you are looking for and how much you want to invest next question is from harshit.khaitan as a novice into the specialty coffee world how do i improve my knowledge of coffee as a novice into the specialty coffee world there are plenty plenty uh, number of uh, ways and avenues to improve your knowledge of coffee you can read a lot of books um, you can um, go through a lot of podcasts you can uh, watch a lot of videos you can follow certain accounts you can follow certain um, um, certain websites there are so many things uh, yeah i mean it depends where you want to start you can start with a couple of books you can start with podcast and you can start with website depends what exactly uh, you like the most do you like to listen more do you like to watch something do you like to read something okay next question is from um, uh, a roaster how to make more and more more people drink freshly brewed quality coffee but trust me, if there was a very simple answer to this, I think um, the world would have been drinking more uh, freshly brewed quality coffee than anything else. Well, I think it is all about um, people's first experience with freshly brewed coffee. Like, for example, it's like, you know, you go to a bar and somebody gives you a taster. Somebody gives you a taster of, uh, let's say, a beer, a new beer that is coming to the market which is not from barley which is from rice now your first experience normally is the deciding factor like the waiter or the bartender who comes to you and is like hey you should try this this is a free taster for you this is a new beer that has come in why don't you try it and you try it because it's for free and then you think oh maybe i like it maybe i don't like it if i like it then you say oh yeah can I have a pint of it or can I order a bottle of that? I think that's as simple as how coffee can get. If you are able to get somebody's first experience of freshly brewed quality coffee to be good, I think it's very easy for them to uh, convert. I think it's always the first experience that is the most difficult to get it right. And uh, well, that's where the challenge begins, right? <laughs> cool. Okay, so the next question is, um, why do you think Madras Pondu is awesome? Well, thank you, Newton Lewis, for asking this question. Um, well, why do I think, why don't I think she is awesome? 
for a lot uh, of reasons. Uh, the reason that you're asking this question for a Q&A session on a podcast that's itself, it says that she's awesome, isn't it? But she's great. She's really great at what she does um, at work, uh, which is quite inspiring by itself. And then obviously, the thing that she does outside her work with other things, including coffee and including being an awesome friend. Yeah, she's just great. Moving on to the next question uh, by Bhavani Shankar underscore Nadek. Why do we have to rest the coffee for a few days before giving it to roasters? Um, so I'm assuming you are a planter. Uh, so basically you have to rest the coffee. So the coffees you harvest, uh, which is basically the fruit that you're harvesting. Once it is uh, gone through your washing station or whatever process that you're doing and then you are drying it under the sun what is happening is in every stage after washing uh, if you are doing a washed coffee or if you're doing uh, separation using the flotation method after every after in every stage after that uh, what is happening is the coffee cherries or the coffee beans uh, are losing moisture basically water from the coffee cherries or coffee beans is lost right so what happens is when you are at the farm and when you go when you look at the uh, green beans and you're like or or cherries and you're like okay let's let's hull it and let's see if the moisture is at the right content uh, somewhere between 10 to 12 percent depending on where you are and once it's done you know that it's it's okay i'm done with the drying process now i need to store it now what happens is imagine for the coffee beans or the coffee cherries that has been losing moisture for the previous um, two weeks to five weeks it needs to settle right and that resting period is like how how people have named it to be is basically resting those cherries or resting those green beans basically you want the water level activity to stop or not to go haywire two months normally from somewhere between a month to two months or depending on where you are again and how the conditions are is a decent amount for the water activity level inside the cherries inside the beans to come to a, a relative stall so that when it goes to the next stage of hulling and transportation that does not cause a lot of problems otherwise if you just like if that's the reason a lot of people who roast samples right after it's dried there is a lot of discrepancies in the samples and there's a lot of grassy flavor that comes through that is because the water level or the water activity level is not stabilized because the coffee were not rested enough so hence it is very important for the coffee to rest before it is given to the roasters Okay, next question is from uh, a coffee shop. Uh, when do you think people will start respecting business rules and decisions uh, with coffee or not with coffee, both? I think uh, <laughs> there are people, there, there are always going to be people who are going to, who are going to respect uh, business rules and some who will never respect those rules. Uh, something you cannot 100% deal with it uh, entirely 
अगेन कॉफ़ी विद कॉफ़ी लेट्स टेक टू विद कॉफ़ी लाइक फॉर एग्जांपल इफ यू हैव अ पर्टिकुलर टाइप ऑफ कॉफ़ी एंड पीपल वुड वांट टू हैव अदर टाइप ऑफ कॉफ़ी वेल आई मीन यू वांट यू वांट दैट कस्टमर राइट आई मीन लेसन अंटिल यू आर एट अ पॉइंट वेर यू हैव हंड्रेड कस्टमर्स एंड यू हैव स्पेस फॉर ओनली टेन कस्टमर then you are at the advantage of choosing those 10 customers but most of us are not so uh, we don't have that luxury to choose those customers right we we always assume that whatever customer that we get we going to do the best we can so so you will have to you know be a little lenient and like everything else in life take it with a pinch of salt next question by nimo Philist.xm. I couldn't find coffee without chicory in coffee land Chikmagalur. What's Chikmagalur and what's your opinion on that? Uh, well, the first time I did visit Chikmagalur or uh, even for that matter Kodai uh, or Kurg, I could not uh, I could not find a single place that did serve coffee uh, without chicory or let's say. anything apart from just the local filter coffee but you have to understand the logic behind it because most of the people who stay in that local area are not prone to ccd cafes or uh, or high end specialty coffee shops right so that's the reason they never felt the need or the used to have certain that kind of a in for them it is sort of like a fancier cafe right so they would only have whatever suits them they normally drink uh, uh coffee at home which is uh, filter coffee most of the people are a little old school they are older people they would like to stick to their um uh, regulars right and that's the reason most of them have uh, filter coffees so yeah i mean so they never felt the need right it's only in the recent times that uh, people have started now uh, looking for things like you know better coffee so now in chikmagalur there are a couple of coffee shops that um, do serve good coffee uh, i remember in chikmagalur now you have um, a couple of coffee stations as well and coffee trucks as well and then you have cafe agape which is run by lijo in chikmagalur um, and it is in partnership with tatwa masi um, coffee um, run by the planter vishal uh which is a pretty pretty good place for good coffee and good food like really good food uh, i cannot stress enough like if you are going to chikmagalur you have to go to cafe agape to have the food okay i just need to stop uh, and you also have now uh, world of coffee uh, by jayanti coffee uh, which is also in chikmagalur so it's like a it's a nice interactive place for coffee a lot of things that you can see a lot of uh, fancy equipments that you can see uh, and you have coffee all the way from french press to a siphon so you have now you you will have more places like this because now the local people uh, want to try something the people who were staying in chikmagalur uh, and who grew up went out did i don't know studied or whatever they traveled and now they're coming back and they want places like this to be in uh, these smaller towns as well well i don't think it's smaller anymore but yeah they want these kind of places uh, or spaces in uh, chikmagalur and in kurg and kodai and all of those places so now these places are getting developed so you will find them now and going forward i guess um cool so next question is 
Great. Uh, is from this uh, Australian barista. Do you use a manual grinder? If so, which one? I personally do not uh, have one, but yeah, I am using the one right now at the office, which is Timamore or Time More, however it is pronounced. Uh, I have a C2 uh, grinder, hand grinder, which is brilliant. Um, I did mention it before as well. I think I um, I used it the first time I used it was at uh, Naveen's place in MSP Coffee in uh, in Yerkard, uh, and then I used it again uh, at Neeraj's place in Bhopal, and I really fell in love with that grinder, and that's what I'm using right now. Next question is from Uday. Um, what would be your top three lessons, life lessons that you learned from coffee? This is a very, very interesting question. Um, top three life lessons that you learned from coffee? I think one, you know nothing. <laughs> uh, honestly, I mean, there's just so many new things coming every day. So you absolutely know nothing, right? Uh, second, uh, not every, not every bean is same. Like every bean is different, every harvest is different, every state is different, every every region is different, every country is different, every origin is different, just like people. And you want these differences to be treated uh, differently, right? So that is something uh, I learned as well. So that's two. Third, I would say the more... Uh, this is going to be so, so cliched, but I think you can always make coffee as complicated as you want. Um, but I think it's always better to just keep it simple, just like life. So those are the top three life lessons that I learned from coffee. What about you? Okay, next question is from Face My Camera. There are a lot of coffee enthusiasts uh, would like to open cafe but how can they compete with brands like bt kc etc well coffee enthusiasts who would like to open a cafe well why do you have to compete with brands like bt kc etc see people would go to a bt for uh, bruto guy or koinonia coffee roasters for a reason right if you are a coffee enthusiast and if you are uh, thinking of starting a cafe, then you should have something that would make it yours, right? And whatever that cafe will make um, it unique for you because you are involved, that is something those brands will not have, right? So you got to understand if you are going to start a cafe, A, you are going to do something that has to be uh, a little different a little unique to you right so that is something uh, that will take care of the first half of it second uh, half of it is like see it is because of people like Brutokai and kc roasters and other uh, brands that you are even thinking of uh, starting a cafe because there is a culture right if that culture did not exist, maybe you would also not want to start a cafe. So these places, they are they're technically not your competitor. I mean, yes, they are because it's also a coffee chain. But you have to understand, it is because of them that you are getting more coffee drinkers. Simple as that. 
right make sense and uh, yeah i mean trust me it is not a challenging thing for sure what pushed you to becoming who you are today this is a question by namang naman gyl what pushed you uh well initially it was a mistake i've been talking that's if you do not know what i'm talking about do listen to the first episode of the podcast but yeah mostly it is i think i think uh, what pushes me is that i feel that if i can contribute to whatever is happening um, around me uh, even in the slightest way make somebody feel a little better i think i'll be happy with that and that is what pushes me and um, other things like you know obviously other other things like um, family uh, friends all of those as well but also like like for example if i do something and if somebody if social media for example that does push me as well if i put up something and people really like and they come back and give their feedback that that's something that pushes me uh, feedback pushes me a lot um, being able to do something unique pushes me a lot uh, and being able to help inspire inspire is a very big word but even if somebody looks up like you know hey, what you're doing is pretty cool i would like to do that someday that's a big thing and that that pushes me but yeah trust me itna push bhi nahi kiya hai kuch okay next question uh, give one coffee um, what differences could you see from brewing it on the v60 kalita narrow press okay given one coffee what differences could you see uh, okay that's a very interesting question again uh, i think v60 kalita mostly it is uh, which one is going to be a little more clearer um, i think kalita is a lot more forgiving compared to v60 um, v60 i think it's going to be a little more crisper or a little more clearer um, in terms of the brew kalita a little less but a little more mellow aeropress compared to the other two is going to be a little more grittier so i think it's going to be a little more body so aeropress out of these three i think aeropress has the most body um v60 the most clearest or the crispest um if that's a word and kalita is somewhere in the between uh, of these two yeah uh, again i would not comment much on the taste because the taste will like have a lot of variable but kalita is the most forgiving um, so is aeropress um, v60 uh, would be a little more challenging compared to these two because it's v60 okay next question from nadik nadik shankar how is the market for tea made of coffee cascara uh, the tea made of coffee cascara i think it is um, it is quite promising because people are now accepting something like this uh, for a lot of reasons a because it creates that entire scene about not wasting something like cascara which is basically the skin is often just put it out uh, put it back into the ground into the soil at the farm level 
but using that uh, processing that and using that to make tea out of it uh, for the end consumer is a using everything that you can b people get to uh, experience something different a tea kind of a beverage from something that is related to coffee see uh, farmers get to make a little more money out of it um, d i think the more people uh, we start drinking it the more possibilities can start um, existing so yeah it could be really really cool thing and i think the market is going to be good um, i think uh, the current uh, currently there's a lot of ban on exporting and importing of cascara because of the okra toxin uh, toxin that it has uh, if you do not know about that you can google it yeah. uh, next question is by maki atomos is it possible to have an online coffee class if yes are you gonna have one it is definitely possible to have online coffee classes i used to do that a lot i yeah maybe i can try to do that uh i don't know when but yeah if i get enough people probably i can do something over the weekend the coming weekends probably uh next question <laughs> from av brothers when are you coming to calcutta uh actually uh calcutta is actually on my mind uh my the the editor of the movie uh, that we're working on see for coffee is based near calcutta the videographer is also from calcutta or near calcutta so i i am definitely thinking to visit calcutta soon because i have to finish the work on the uh, movie um but yeah as soon as something is done i'll let you know next question um uh, the true coffee is asking if i want to start a specialty coffee shop where do i start um a with the questions answering yourself why do you want to start it the why is very important um, how is trust me is not that important why is very important and to get to that why is the most challenging thing if you can get to that why um, you can probably find all the rest of the um, answers so that is where you should start once that is done if you are pro with everything then do it uh, plan slowly i mean you you would know how to do it if you are not um, hire somebody um maybe not for the entire project but hire somebody talk to somebody uh, uh, guidance so that you know what to do uh, hiring somebody is not because uh, it is not because you don't know it is because there are a lot of mistakes that can happen and that person probably would have already done those or would have learned from those mistakes so yeah uh, do that but yeah start with the why and then things like where why there uh, how why exactly that and what is going to be your usp what are the things that you can do and for how long are you planning to do it? that is also very important okay so last questions we last question we have is as a home brewer this question is from harshit as a home brewer how do i improve my barista skills with no feedback mechanism this is a very 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 good question 
as a home brewer how do i improve my barista skills with no feedback mechanism so as a home brewer whatever brewing skills that you have uh, you have it for yourself right and what you can do is um, i don't know i mean that that needs to be a little more clarity on this questions to be very on in this question to be very honest but for example if you're making espressos at home and you're making latte arts at home then probably uh, videos are the one that you can look at and see how well you can improve uh, but if you're talking about making pour overs and making other brews and uh, you do not have a feedback mechanism whether it is good or not what you can do is you can start learning a little about tasting uh, you can just learn it online read through a lot of things and start maintaining a a blog or not even a blog start maintaining a book a log a simple log where you write about what you're brewing and how you're tasting it and see if you can make it better when i say better i'm talking about can you make it repeatable and um, you can do blind cupping so last uh, instagram live i spoke about that you can check that out basically try to triangulate make two brews and divide it uh, like put one brew into two cups and the other brew into one cup and just jumble it up and see if you can find the odd one out if you can that means you are able to get detect that difference in taste so when you are brewing and you want to know if it is good or not the idea is to see if you can repeat those same brews again and again so log your brews log your uh, taste that you're getting through it and see if you can repeat it if you can repeat it that means you're already mastering it right because repeating is the mastery of brewing uh, but yeah if you do have any other questions you can ask me and i'll try to answer so yeah that was it uh, that was the questions that i had there was a lot of questions i really enjoyed answering all of them i hope you enjoy listening i hoped you enjoyed listening to all of them as well um anyways uh, thank you very much for listening so far thank you for supporting coffee protocol podcast so far if you can um, do rate it or do give a review or give the stars whatever it is so that uh, it helps me improve and it helps me um, reach more number of people uh, like yourself and uh, yeah like always remember let's make coffee simple